Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, let's jump right into it. Sark with a press conference yesterday. Had quite a bit to say, went a little bit longer than normal, Bobby, as you pointed out earlier. Uh, but he had some injury updates, so let's start with those. Yeah, absolutely. He was filling his oats a little bit. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You agree with that, Jerry? Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Um, those those uh, Monday press conferences, guys, usually go about 25, 26 minutes. Yesterday, 34 minutes uh, from Sark. Uh, he was a little bit more long-winded, a little, I don't I want to say confident, but he was definitely excited about uh, where his team had gone and what had taken them there or gotten them there. Uh, hit on a number of topics, including uh, the portal. We want to talk about that a little bit today. Cedric Baxter and Jaden Blue, that combo. Brett Yormark, he was more, he's more congenial than I would have ever been there. Uh, and then also uh, about the Big 12 championship and what has led his team to this point and as he's taken over the program. Uh, but as far as injuries specifically, Blake, he said, I don't think anybody's going to miss. And that includes not only Xavier Worthy, who we've been saying uh, in post game was totally fine and, and looked like he'd be okay, but also DJ Campbell, uh, as well as Jalen Catalan uh, and some others. Uh, so I feel like we're in good shape. Uh, the Longhorns going to be in good shape, as good a shape as they can be uh, as it relates to that. Also, injury news on the Texas Tech front. Jalen Hutchings uh, apparently is going to play for Texas Tech. They thought initially it was a ACL. It was not an ACL. Uh, and it sounds like from listening to Joey McGuire and some of the reporters there in Lubbock, uh, the big defensive tackle that caused Texas some problems last year is going to be able to play for Texas Tech this week. That'll be interesting to see on what level he plays. I mean, you don't go from, hey, we think he tore his ACL. All right, he's good to go on short rest. <laughs> I mean, so – he obviously won't be 100%. We'll see uh, if he's not close to this, the normal uh, Hutchings, then that hurts uh, Texas Tech. Uh, but I'm sure, I mean, look, the reality is if they can get him through this game, he has a month before a bowl game. Uh, so that's uh, – hey, by the way, uh, we're going to have a special guest here coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, Jordan Washington, Texas tight end commitment out of Langham Creek, one of my favorite guys in this class. He's got a lot of personality, a lot of confidence, a really talented upside guy. Now four-star prospect in the latest on three hundred. Uh, so a guy that has uh, risen up the ranks as Bobby and I thought he would headed into his senior year. Uh, so Jordan Washington will join us about eight thirty and talk to us about his senior season, what he's seen from Texas. He's an early enrollee, so he'll be on campus in January. All right, guys. Well, we talked about the injury updates or lack thereof, I guess, uh, from Texas, which good is news. A, good news. Yeah, great thing. Were there any other major takeaways that y'all had from Sark's press conference? You know, Bobby, talk about the uh, Sark talked about the portal. Yeah, he looked something on Inside Texas about this, and I thought it was very interesting his answer and how detail-oriented he was in his answer when talking about the portal yesterday, which opens December 4th, for those wondering. Yes, uh, good point, Jerry. And, and and here's what he said. I mean, he, he said, I, I'm not burying my head in the sand. Look, we know it's coming, and it's only natural in this day and age uh, of college football that it's going to happen. He said, I'm sure, even, that other teams are calling players on our team trying or uh, 
you know, relatives or whatever to try to get them into the portal. I get it. That's the way it is this day and age. Uh, what he's trying to remind his team of right now is to enjoy the moment. You know, how often do you get to play for, be on a team, period? Because football, and, and Sark calls it the ultimate team sport, and I agree with him. Yeah. Okay, it's not, he said, it's not tennis. It's not one-on-one or two-on-two. It is even basketball. Basketball is team sport too, but football, in my opinion, is the ultimate team sport because it's not just one or two or five. It's 11 on one side of the ball, 11 on another side of the ball, et cetera. Sark said, look, uh, when you're 11 uh, or when you're when you're on a team like this, freaking enjoy it. You know, when you go to some other place, you may not win 10 games. You may not have a chance to play in a ch- conference championship game. You may not be, be able to compete at any level for the college football playoff. OK, enjoy being on this team and contributing to this team. Sure, you may be able to step down a level or go to a smaller team and be a bigger part of another team, but enjoy this part of this team because it's still a learning experience for you. And uh, I, he basically said, enjoy the now. Yeah. Right. And if if you, I would agree with that, not just in football, but in life. I mean, look, if if we're part of something big here at uh, on Texas football or whatever, we got to enjoy what we're doing just like you guys do at, at your jobs or, or whatever you're doing with your life. And I just thought it was a, a really strong message. Uh, and, and I think it's an important message, Jerry, for people at that age. Yeah. So it's not just, I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here. A lot of us are 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever we are. We're adults mostly listening to this. It's a great message for young people, in my opinion, to hear that from their head coach. Um, knowing that there are other uh, aspects out there that you got to look for and watch for. Uh, but this, uh, I thought Sark was also, you know, the other thing I would add to it, he talked a lot about transparency yeah, um, and how he wanted to be transparent. Uh, he finally fessed up a little bit uh, about the, the effect of Bo Davis's rant on the bus <laughs> a little bit. He was uh, more genuine or a little bit op- more open about that now that that game is in the rearview mirror. Uh, so, Look, I, I felt like it was a good press conference from, from Sark. Uh, gave people a sense of what the team's feeling and what they're looking at right now. Uh, look, he, he as it relates to the Big 12, the quote I left left there with was this. Leave no doubt. Yeah. Don't leave it up to anybody else. Last year, they Kansas State would have had to lost to Kansas for Texas to get in the Big 12 championship game. This year, Texas controls its own de- destiny. His uh, His speech is leave no doubt. It's time to get it going. Uh, but anyways, that's I, I thought it was a great press conference from Steve Sarkeesian. Really well, did. yeah, I thought it was as well. And the interesting thing is, think about the timing of everything in college football right now. If you're about to, if you're in a position where you may or are probably going to play for your conference championship, you're literally preparing for your conference championship game two days before the portal window opens. I mean, you're. I mean, so you're you're sitting there prepping your team, and I think that's part of that message. Look, you know, in college football, there's going to be some guys leave, right? It's the day and age we live in. But man, keeping these guys together for these next couple of weeks to get you through a conference championship game, uh, if you get there with the portal window opening two days after, I mean, that is a. It's just such different times for college football coaches right now, and then you have signing period. 
15 days after that, December 20th. Guys, we're less than a month away from the signing period, by the way. And, and I said earlier, we uh, uh, we, we have Jordan Washington, uh, Langham Creek tied in, early enrollee coming up here. Uh, whenever we're ready to get to him, uh, Blake, I think he's about to, he's ready to join us. All right, before we get to him, Bobby, I'm going to let you give everybody a word from our sponsor, and then we'll bring Jordan in. Yeah, very happy to have uh, Mark Saunders, a Texas alum, uh, with us as an advertiser. Uh, he's with Allstate. You're in good hands with Mark Saunders. Uh, Mark uh, communicated with me this morning. Uh, a couple of people have already, or actually three people have already taken him up on it. Uh, he said, make sure you call him. You can absolutely go to the website. That's totally fine. But make sure you call him as well. Uh, because the three people that uh, that uh, signed up, he got them additional discounts on their insurance on auto home. Uh, so also give him a call. 512-218-8571. That's 512-218-8571. Mark's got 35 years of experience, guys. He's not some young buck. Uh, he'll get you the best, uh, best uh, rates he can uh, in the state of Texas. Give him a shout. 512 512- 218-8571. We appreciate Mark's sponsorship uh, of On Texas Football. All right. I am going to bring in Jordan, and here he is. Jordan, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Doing great. Hey, Jordan, thanks for joining us at 830, man. It's not, oh, yeah. You're not in school this week. You didn't have to do That's dedication, no. Texas fans. That's yes, what you get with Jordan Washington. Hey, Jordan, um, first thing before we kind of get to your senior season, mm-hmm. Tell us what, when you've watched Texas this year, what's impressed you about the Longhorn team just a month, what, roughly what, six weeks away from enrolling at Texas? Yeah. So a part of me says this may be one of the better seasons I feel like UT has may have had um, over the years. Um, but to be honest, I feel like this, like knowing – as a tight end, knowing coming into this offense, I feel like what I've seen so far, this is like, this couldn't be no better. This is the right, the right place for me. How they're utilizing the tight ends, how they're utilizing everybody. Like they're moving people around. Um, everybody's getting the ball. It's not just like a one-man show. The defense is great. Uh, our offense is great. The atmosphere is great. The energy is great. And one thing I really do like is that Coach Sark, he doesn't really worry too much about the football aspect. He likes to worry about everything else. He always includes the crowd. He always includes, like, the the weather, something small that it's not just always about football, but it's more of, like, the the energy and more like the Texas instead of just the Texas football, you know? Jordan, uh, you got a basketball game tonight. You're playing hoops as well this year? No, no. Oh. I, I, I was going to one. Um, now – I really got a lot of like a lot of shade from telling people I'm not playing basketball this year just because of how I performed last year. But I told him this year, I was like, bro, no, I can't play. Uh, I got I got to graduate early. I got to go to college. <laughs> so you're going you're going to Texas early. Uh, you're not the only one. No, uh, you're a, along with a multitude of others. Mm-hmm. Do y'all talk about that. The guys that are going to be coming in early as a group of commitments. Yes, we we kind of discussed that towards like the beginning of the school year like we all talked it was I think um the people I really talked to the most about graduating early is probably Santana Trey and probably Christian those three people are like the the people I really talked to um about like the online 
uh, class. But I, I really talked to everybody else. So, hey Jordan, talk, Jordan, talk about Coach Todd Thompson's offense because what I thought he did so well with you to help prepare you for college game, Power Five game. You weren't just split out wide. You weren't mm-hmm. just an inline guy. He he used you in a multitude of ways and really I think helped prepare you early for what you're going to see at the next level. Yeah. Kind of talk about Coach Thompson and how that helped you. So Coach Thompson's like a like a mastermind when it comes to putting you in positions. Uh, he'll put you well for me. He put me split out. He put me in the slot, backfield, fullback. He put me everywhere to give me like a more of an edge on other people. And that's what I really liked about him. You see, he wasn't, it wasn't afraid to take chances. Um, he would go for it on sometimes on fourth and 12, fourth and 10, third and 15. Like he, we would take some chances, which I really liked. Um, I mean, the season didn't go the way we wanted it to, which is a sad part. But at the same time, um, I feel like I bettered myself and the te- I bettered, I helped the team and I contributed a lot, such as the blocking. I know I didn't get the ball as much as I hoped to this year, but the the blocking aspect was a really key piece that I feel like I played in, in this offense, uh, such as like downfield blocking or little chip blocks. Like I hit him with my shoulder and the quarterback just takes off like, Braylon and also Braylon, I like to speak on him. He's a real a quarterback like that is something special, like somebody that likes to play football. He's the type that likes to play football, like no matter what, he likes to get hit, he likes to throw the ball. Um, like just having having that was a real a real help on our team, too. But back to Coach Thompson, like he hired some some good coaches to help us along the way. And I feel like he he did a good job over the years. I was in high school and putting me in spots and telling me what to do. And so I really, I really appreciate it from that. Hey, hey Jordan, uh, we had a couple of uh, uh, Texas fans ask questions. And one of them was, when did the light bulb go off in your head that it was going to be Texas? So you can, for some that aren't familiar with your recruiting process, when, at what point during that process did you say, okay, I'm going to end up at Texas? So, oh, that's a good question. Um, I would really say it was more like, huh, I would base. So first I kind of based it off like what I heard from other high recruits. So I kind of was like hearing like, why are you like committing? Why are you pursuing a school out to other people? And then I talked to Trey and Trey was just like straight up with me. He was like, dude, like the way your size and speed, you can be like a next tight end at UT. And so I kind of like ran with that. I was like, okay, okay. And so then I kind of started picking people like, okay, like Coach Thompson, I would talk to him about Banks. Him and Banks have a great relationship. I would talk to Sark. I would talk to kind of everybody. I would watch old film. I would always bring it back to the USC and um, UT game, the Rose Bowl. I would always just kind of watch that game and kind of remember and think like this is a good reason why I I should go here, and then times came down. Um, it, it was a I the reason why I committed is more because I felt like this was like just the place to kind of be at. Like a and I had a and I didn't want like it was it was just something about it that kind of put a light bulb in my head. Like okay, this this is it. The opportunity was open. 
Um, I saw how uh, JT may be leaving um, to declare for the draft. And following your footsteps behind somebody that's literally one of the top two tight ends in the country is like, like, come on, man, you, you just got to go now. <laughs> you you keep mentioning Trey, and I want to make sure fans mm-hmm. that, that don't realize who that is. That's Trey Owens, the quarterback in your district at mm-hmm. Fair. Um, uh, we're speaking with Jordan Washington, tight end out of Langham Creek, committed to the University of Texas. Uh, Jordan, uh, the other question that that I you know think of whenever I'm 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 really getting into this is, uh, you know, young people uh, are trying, and we just talked about this. They're, they're trying to figure out what the transfer portal means. I mean, you're not even involved with that yet. You're still in the recruiting portion of it. They don't realize that you guys yeah. have these four or five years to try to figure things out. What, what is your game plan from day one once you get on campus at Texas? I mean, you're you're enrolling early. Like, are you just going to try to, you know, get going as soon as possible, understand what's expected of you, that sort of stuff? I mean, what's your game plan come January? So kind of already, I'm already knowing what's expected of me is that they want me to come in and play. Like that's, I, every time I get on the phone with Banks and every time I get on the phone with Sark, it's more like a, we're not redshirting you, dude. It's like you're, the reason why you're coming up here early is because we want to get you on the field as soon as possible. And it not necessarily doesn't have to be a start. I'm trying to crawl into college and kind of start walking and gradually walking. And I don't think that'll take long. I think it'll take about a week, maybe. And that's really like the small details, like uh, waking up, going to practice, uh, like what's the weight room routine? What's the the stretch routine? What? How do people act when this happens? And so I just kind of have to get used to the college feel. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm I'm going in there with a good head on my shoulders. And I'm I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to learn in college. Um, it's not gonna be like I'm gonna go in there and try and get the one reps. I'm I'm not that. I don't have that type of ego with me right now. Uh, so I'm gonna just go in there, ask as many questions as I need, uh, get to know people. Um, and yeah, but once that time comes and I really feel comfortable, uh, I'll start turning on the gas and do the all gas no breaks. Hey, you're gonna be at the game Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, how, uh, for you as a football player, a guy that's headed to Texas, how cool will that be if you're there, uh, on the field kind of after the game, if they, if Texas beats tech and clinches a spot in the big 12 championship game, I mean, I, I would have to think for you that, you know, some of the players at Texas now, mm-hmm. right? You've gotten to know guys. I think that's good. That'd be a pretty cool experience for you yeah. on your way into the program. So Literally, I, I keep talking about it. I just get nervous and more nervous and more nervous about this. these top 10 teams right now. I'm like, if these people lose, we're in it. If they lose, they're in it. So it's really like a ping pong match that's happening around right now. There's a lot of hypotheticals, like, but if they lose, then we're in. And so I'm, I'm just kind of basing, like, if you lose, your spot's taken. Like, it's the next it's, man It's up. the NCAA basketball tournament, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it's like – it's. Yeah. yeah, you basically said it right. Yeah. Um, but uh, talking to the players about like how they can how they handle this type of atmosphere, it like I talked to JT a lot, and he always talks about like I just I just stay calm. That's kind of his memo is like I I stay calm, I'm cool, relaxed, and he just says I just go play, 
And so that's how I kind of think how all the other players are. I think Coach Sark develops a good mental mindset for all the players that this is like the team is built for this. And other coaches said it too. Like UT is a team that's built for any kind of situation to happen like this. And so I think Friday we're just we're just gonna go in there and steamroll over take. I, I don't know. No doubt, no doubt. You'd fit in in the comment section then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blake, you have a super chat for him, bud? I do, Jordan. I have a, a question here from D Herring Five, and, and thank him, by the way. But he says, How excited are you to work with Coach Banks? I'm excited. That's like his attitude makes me fired up. His, like, his rowdiness, his chirpiness. He likes to go at his players, he likes to talk. Like he likes to get active with the players. Like he, I was in the Texas meeting room or the tight ends room, and he was just going off, not like a bad way, but like a, yeah, you can't do this, and then everybody's going back and forth. Like the, I like the, the more like a family and friendly environment happening in there. But when he when he needs to turn it on to like a, all right, we need to lock in, settle in. He, he can get there, and his coaching style is more of my type. Like he. Uh, I know people are going to say, well, you don't want a coach that coaches special teams and tight ends. I don't care. I mean, he's getting the job done. That's all I need to know. And then, um, it, I mean, his special teams is doing great. So that's all I got to say, too. And then, yeah, his coaching style is really my type of um, my type of plethora. Like he He likes to get the ball to the tight ends. He likes to put us in positions to get us the ball, like I said. And he, he would do any way to kind of to kind of get us there. And so that's why I really like his coaching style, and that's why I'm ready to play with him. And then, Jordan, one last question for you before we let you go today. Thank you again for joining us. But uh, everyone in the comment section is asking, what's your measurables right now? What's your current height and weight? So height, I'm thinking I'm the same, about 6'4", six, 6'5". Still in there. I haven't really checked again. Um, and then my weight, I think I jumped back up to like 221, 222. And then as of right now, I haven't tested like any 40s, but I've been in the lab getting getting a lot faster. <laughs> there you go. A lot it stronger, takes work. It, so. Jordan, it takes a lot of work to become a great college football mm -hmm. player and even beyond. And uh, so uh, you're early in your uh, in your journey. Yes, and, uh, you know, we here at, on Texas football, and I know the fans uh, watching alongside will be rooting for you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. you Jordan. Right. Yes, sir. Have a good have a good morning, Jordan. Have you a good too. Day. Right. Thanks, Jordan. All right, Thanks, I, hey, I, I want to add this for Jordan because people are asking about his frame. Look, I, I think Jordan is going to put on 15 plus pounds pretty quick in college, guys. He's. He's got that basketball body that's now starting to develop into more of a football body. Um, and he was up to, I think, around 225, 226 before the season. Then obviously he lost weight during the season. Now he's, like you said, he's gaining it back. But I really think you'll see a guy that's going to weigh 237, 240 in that range by fall of next year. I think he's going to put on that much weight that quickly but they'll do it the right way right it'll be retaining your speed and quickness but it's similar somewhat similar to a florida high school player for me just because he's been basketball focused now he's getting football focused watch him that body's going to explode pretty quick so he'll get up to that 240 range they'll get him to an air where then they can slow build from there 
All right. Well, before we move on, guys, still lots to talk about, lots of time to get your questions in, and we'll get to as many of those as we can. But, Bobby, before we do all that, tell us about Game Time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Game Time is the app for uh, tickets. Uh, it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country, and for good reason. Jerry has talked about uh, the Texas game uh, this weekend or this Friday is kind of already looking like it's going to be an expensive one for you. So you may not decide to go until the very last minute. If that's the case, game time's where you want to go. Uh, it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. It's absolutely perfect for last-minute decisions. I've personally used game time for sporting events and concerts for both myself and my family. So if you need last-minute tickets, there's really no better place. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through email. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code ONTEXAS for $20 off your first purchase. That's $20 off your first, first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code ONTEXAS for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks, Game Time. All right, guys. Well, one thing before we get to questions. Jerry, you had a uh, article this morning on Inside Texas that talked about some possible flip candidates. So I was hoping you could give us the latest on that and recruiting in general. Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting is Ty, so Ty Anthony Smith, uh, he had been he's he was scheduled to visit Texas this weekend. Um, he told uh, I was told that through Jasper. Ty Anthony told uh, Justin Wells that after their game Friday night. Now he's not going to visit Texas officially this weekend, having the Friday playoff game against Cuero. The original plan was just to leave from Alvin, come to Austin. I think they're going to wait and bring him in in December uh, when it's a full weekend type of recruiting event uh, for Texas. So he will not be officially visiting this weekend, but he does plan uh, to visit Texas, and that'll be in December. Uh, Xavier Phil same. A lot of people have asked, as of last night, He's still uh, scheduled to be at Florida Saturday, and he's been he's had this one scheduled for a while. Florida had wanted to get him on campus for the Florida State game, assuming McKinney was out of the playoffs. They lost to Highland Park last week. Xavier didn't play; he had a, a sprained ankle um, late in the week there, um, which kept him out of that game. Okay, he continues to talk to Texas. I think a, a visit is likely um, with the thirty days until signing day. Right now, that's exactly where we're at, guys. We're a month away. Uh, but he he's scheduled he remains scheduled to be at Florida this weekend. Look, the Florida class is going to keep continue to take on water. They've had two defensive decommitments, and I'm not talking about Phil Same when I say this. I think they're going to have a third um, here, here here in the near future. So that's going to continue to be an issue, uh, uh, and it's it's positive for Texas as they just hang around the rim in this recruitment. And uh, <clears throat> it'll be a big weekend in Auburn. Uh, it, it's going to be hold your commitments weekend. Uh, DeAndre Carter, who's kind of – he's back being solid with Auburn. He's going to be at the Iron Bowl. T.J. Lindsey's going to be at the Iron Bowl as well, the uh, four-star defensive line commitment who Texas, Sark, and uh, Bo Davis uh, are still talking to. Lindsey hasn't ruled out the possibility to get back on campus in Tex at Texas in December before the early signing period. But it'll be uh, – Auburn knows this, and Auburn's going to fight real hard to get Lindsey to shut this down this weekend. So we'll see what happens. <clears throat> 
Okay, guys, sorry about that. I, I do want to read this comment that just came through. Emmanuel Roberts says, late to the party. Absolutely love the show. My wife just delivered our son, Julian, at 735 Eastern. I now have him in my arms as we watch the show with smiles on our faces. Start them young. Hook them. Congratulations, Emmanuel. Hey, that is awesome, dude. Congratulations to you and yours, man. Uh, welcome to the family, young man. Very welcome cool. All right, guys. We got some super chats we have to get to. And uh, we're going to start here with Michael Duttons. Thank you, Michael. And he says, gentlemen, I just rewatched the game this morning. I know blue is not an inside zone fit. But he hits the line of scrimmage pretty quick. I he? agree. This is a short answer. Hey, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Like, the I, I agree. This is something Sark mentioned in the in the presser on Monday too. He is not a natural, and Jerry always hints about this, and I agree with him. He's not a natural inside runner that's necessarily going to move the pile. But what he does do is he hits the hole quicker than anybody else. And so if you're literally just looking for a yard and you have a gap, he's going to get you the yard as well as anybody. Now, he's fumbled more than the other backs, given his lack of numbers, uh, lack of carries. But there's a give and take there that you might be willing to accept. Uh, and Sark was was really excited about the fourth and run, one run uh, that closed out the game against Iowa State. Uh, he also said he did well in the passing game and did well in pa pass protection. Uh, Sark was effusive in his praise about the running backs yesterday. C.J. Baxter, and, and, and we talked about this in the postgame with Rod and, and uh, Drew and you, Jerry. Cedric Baxter got better as the game wore on. He is just one of those guys. And uh, I think, well, who was it? Uh, uh, Brian Irwin, when I was talking to him yesterday on lunch with the coach, he said he's one of those running backs that needs to get lathered up. Yeah. You know? and, and, and as you give him five, seven, 12 carries 12 through 20 may be better than carries one through six. Um, really a lot better because he just gets a better feel for where people are coming at him, where the run lanes are. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I was, I, I agree with you about uh, Jaden blue being better than expected in on the interior in short yardage. Doesn't mean he's going to move it for three or four yards, but he may be a good option on that one to two yard stuff simply because he can hit that hole fast all right guys this next super chat is from lee barden and lee says what is the chance with recent hobble play lingering LSU that jt sanders comes back for another year not expected to i'll say that still not expected to but jerry i did think it was interesting he was not invited to the senior bowl yeah whereas byron murphy was now i i'll add this point um they take more defensive tackles clearly than they do tight ends. Right. And there are some senior tight ends that are going to be draftable. Whereas Murphy, you get start getting that level at D tackle. There may be some teams that might see him as, oh, well, is this guy a second rounder instead of a fourth rounder? We need to take a look. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I still think, and I talked to Rod about this as well. We think third, fourth round, Jerry, uh, for Sanders, given given what we know right now. The one thing he absolutely needs to continue to improve on, and he did in the second half. For whatever reason, he started putting his head in there for the first time in a long time, really, in my opinion, and getting in on some blocks. Like, yeah. not just the, the feigned blocks, but he started being aggressive with it. Um, it's one of the better performances he had in that second half. The first half was not great for him. Very first carry, he got blown up. 
So um, we'll we'll see. But that that Sanders situation, I wonder what kind of grade he gets from from uh, the uh, the NFL folks. But at the same time, he may have already made his decision. And I lean to where Jerry's Jerry's at. He's probably gone. And I would, if I were Texas, I would be planning for that to be the case. At this next super chat here comes from any given Saturday, and it's kind of going back to our portal conversation from earlier. He says, how long will the portal be open? Can you see players that know they will enter? Hang on until the season is over. I think they should. Yeah. Um, And I think they actually, if, if you're in the college football playoff, I think you actually get an extra, you get some extra time there. And I actually believe that unless you're just buried on the depth chart and have no chance of playing next year, um, you're going to stay through the spring and see where you fight it out. At. Think so, about it. So, so the portal opens December 14th. It closes Wednesday, January 17th of 2024. So that is a, you know, then the spring period opens April 15th, closes uh, April 30th. Uh, so the, that that first portal window is open for 45 days. So that's a pretty significant amount of time. And but, uh, honestly, look, it, it, it the portals, it, the portal windows, it's somewhat like the NCAA basketball, it being in the NCAA basketball tournament. If you're playing for something, you know, and you're really preparing for a major bowl game, college football playoff, the portal there is not your friend. I mean, if you're season, if you're in a minor bowl game or you're not have anything to really play for, man, you get a head start in the portal and you go to work there. Um, so th- that's what's interesting to me is it's almost like when you're in the NCAA tournament, the, the portal works against you because other teams are out there visiting players, recruiting players while you're still playing. Uh, so that early portal window is interesting depending on where you're at as a program this season. Okay, let's see. I think that's all. Oh. One, one thing I want to add, Jerry, just to set expectations. How many players at Texas do you think enter the portal after the Big 12 championship game? Give, give me a round guess, because I've got a guess, and I want to see. I'll say five or six. So I, I thought five to eight. Yeah. Um, this depends, because I can – I mean, there are some guys that are that are not – seeing playing time and don't really, I mean, they're going to be recruited over. We know they are uh, or have been already that are upperclassmen. So I think those are the ones that I don't know of anybody. uh, Isaiah Nayor is going to be interesting what he decides to do. He's apparently walking on senior night. Yeah. So that's one to kind of put an asterisk by. The other thing is Jake majors is, is walking, but he's of course a real senior, but he could come back another year. So We'll see what that means too. Okay. We have- uh, by, by the way, there's some. Well, I'm not talking about Jake Major in the portal. I'm talking about whether or not he comes back for the extra year. Sorry. There's some confusion. Some people are, uh, they may not know about uh, the change. The Senior Bowl, they can now invite juniors to the Senior Bowl. <clears throat> and Byron Murphy was invited. Right. And Byron Murphy was invited uh, to the Senior Bowl. So that is new. I mean, recent in the last month that was announced. So if you're a junior, uh, they you can be invited to the Senior Bowl. Then if you declare, 
All right, we have a, a super chat here. And Britt Rasko, I see your question in the chat. Let me think about that before I answer it. Uh, Jonathan Stoker, give me a second here because it's a two-parter. He says, and thank you, Jonathan, off the subject question, if Sam Ellinger stayed one more year under Sark, how do you think the season would have turned out? Let's go, Texas. Let's manscape those Raiders. And I'll let either one of you answer that. Um, That's a tough one. I mean, look, it, that that's a tough one. It's uh, he didn't he didn't really not that Sam couldn't have excelled, but he doesn't really fit the profile of the quarterback Sark recruits. I mean, so could you have made it work? Absolutely. Um, what would Sark have had to change within his scheme for Sam? So that's why it's a tougher question to answer, Bobby. For me, it's not a given that he just walks in and everything Sark's asking. Quinn Ewers to do throwing a football was Sam's strengths throwing a football. So that that's uh that's the interesting part for me. And Sark is not really a design QB run game guy. So what would he have done to alter it? That's why it's a tough question to answer because Sam Sam as a quarterback is not what Sark would have recruited out of high school or what really fit his scheme. He was the first person that that uh Sark talked to though he wanted yeah. to, he asked him to come back. It would have been interesting to see what happened. Yeah, I mean, look, he definitely would have been. I'm not going to say he's going to be more prepared for the NFL, but Tom Herman's offense isn't an NFL offense, right? I mean, it's you know battering ram it four times from the one yard line. I mean, J- Jalen Hurts doesn't do that, and he's as good a running quarterback as you'll see. Okay, this next question. Guys. At least as good a power running quarterback as you see. Lamar Jackson in today's game is the best running quarterback. All right, this next question is from Burt Reynolds Jr. And he says, What are the, oh, well, first let me ask you this. He says, Did y'all see the sweat on the Heisman, on the on three Heisman power rankings top 10 yesterday? And then he followed it up with, What are the odds that sweat actually gets a Heisman finalist nomination? I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. Jerry? No, I mean, not, I, not. I mean, it's not realistic. <laughs> it's not realistic for him to even, I guess it could be realistic for him, like to an outside chance to make it to, to there. But I like, I think number, if he got number 10 in voting, good for him. Right. That, that would be a, uh, that would be nice, but I don't see him as a, as a real candidate. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Now let's talk Texas Tech for a minute. Uh, Todd Lacey, he says, what do you feel should Texas focus on to stop Tech on both sides of the football? 
Well, it's interesting. For Texas, it's the same. And it's it's a bigger task. It's a tougher task is stopping the run, number one, against Texas Tech. Look, Texas Tech, people think of Texas Tech as air raid. Texas Tech is running the football much more than they have been. 30 carries a game the last four on average for uh, uh, for Taj uh, Brooks. I mean, that is a lot of heavy load for a running back. Uh, Texas has, what's it, five games in a row they haven't given up 100 yards rushing. Uh, second in the last 15 years in the Big 12 Conference to Texas in 09 and Oklahoma State in 09. Both did it six times in a row. Uh, I think that will be tested uh, uh, Friday, and that doesn't mean I think Tech's going to run all over Texas. I'm not saying that. But this is a different type of back, and I think they're going to be a little more persistent in their run game. I think they are also have to protect the quarterback that's not healthy, but it was a missed time earlier, but is back playing now. Uh, so I think there's a lot of things that go into that. So obviously stopping the run against a better running back than they have faced uh, recently. And then uh, for Texas offensively, I, it's easy to say sit there and run the football. I'm not I'm not going there. I, I think pass protection is huge Friday. Texas Tech only has 19 sacks on the season. Their, their interior guys are, are their highest sack guys. If Texas holds up in pass protection – I think Texas Tech's got some injury issues. I think Texas uh, will be able to exploit them in multitude of ways in the passing game uh, Friday, Bobby. Yeah, my two things, I wrote stop the run like you did uh, and get off the field on third and fourth down and fourth down because Joey McGuire goes for it. And then on offense, it's a little bit different. I said move the ball. Yeah. Look, Texas got Texas got too tired a year ago because they didn't move the ball in the second half. And they wore down. Uh, Sark needs to take the ISU, the Iowa State game plan, circle it, and go do it again if he can. Because if they take, if they make uh, Texas Tech play exact ball on offense, they're not doing that right now. That's not who they really are. They're trying to pound it and get it, you know, possess the ball. And I don't know that. I, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that they can do that if Texas is consistent on offense. Uh, yes, take some shots, but don't take don't take three and fail on all three and kill drives. That's where Texas gets in trouble. Okay, this next question is from Jerry Queen or King, excuse me, and he says, "Will Baxter get 150 yards this week? Well, if he gets 150 against Tech, Texas had a really good day on offense. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to pre- predict he's getting 150 though." But if he does, Texas will have had a really good day. I, I my thought on that is maybe 125 if you include passing yardage is, is what you want. I'm not saying he will get it, but if you include passing yardage, you get 125 out of him, uh, 30 to 50 out of uh, Jaden Blue. That that's a win. And Bobby, I know you've addressed this question yesterday, but for those that may have missed, Rob Enfield says any word on the officiating crew for Friday? Can you tell folks when that's usually announced? Yeah, that's usually not announced until game day. Sometimes we get a, a hint or a tip the night before, uh, but it's typically not announced until game day. And then while we're on that subject, Kevin Moore says, can you guys make sure you welcome me and my crew on Friday? Come on down to Bevo Boulevard three hours before the game. I'm sure you'll be welcome. Wear your gear, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you yeah, very warm welcome. 
Is anybody besides me? I mean, Brett Yormar, Kevin Marr. I don't know Kevin Marr. It may not be Kevin Marr that is making or lacking all these calls, although he is in the backfield and one of the ones not calling holding. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I'm ready for I'm I, I will not be sad to see the Big 12 conference in the rearview mirror. I'll I'll just put it that way. And this will be the last regular season Big 12 game for the Longhorns in DKR. So uh MA Texas says, in y'all's opinion, who has ex- exceeded expectations the most? Wow, good question. Uh, I think Tavondre Sweat. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that going into the season was, what, a third, fourth round type of draft pick, maybe second. But he's now getting into, hey, how high in the first round can this guy go category going to be maybe a unanimous AP All-American first team. That's a pretty big jump for, for a guy at that position. You're, you're right. I was, I was thinking Michael Taft uh, and his uh, play uh, in some ways has been a, a, a surprise. Uh, I didn't think he was going to see as much time as he did, and he has, and he's he's acquitted himself well overall. Uh, but Sweat is is the most pleasant surprise because he's been dominant. It, it's not that he's just been good; uh, <laughs> it's it's just that he's been dominant, absolutely dominant. Somebody brought up Ethan Burke. That would probably been my number two, especially considering you know he's been banged up, he still has that brace on the right knee. Uh, but, I mean, he's got five sacks this year. He's exceeded expectations. I, I'll tell you what, we talk about guys. We talk about the toughness and leadership of guys like Roshan Johnson and Jordan Whittington. And then what we're going to be talking about in the offseason, who are some of the guys that could replace that? And it's a different personality, but I think Ethan Burke may be one of those guys in the future. He has got a, a – confidence with physicality to him and he never quits no nope. is out of this world yep hey uh, jerry i have a question for you we just had jordan for people that are just now joining us we had jordan washington the texas tight end commitment uh from langham creek on uh, earlier today make sure you rewind and catch that uh but jerry talking a little bit about those guys that are committed to texas what are some of the big playoff games they're involved in? I know Trey, we were talking a little bit about Trey Owens. They beat Katie last weekend uh, in overtime, 28-21. Uh, where are some uh, playoff games that Texas kids are, are involved in this weekend? Yeah, I, so Trey Owens, play, they play North Shore. Uh, another one is, you know, Richland with Daniel Cruz. I, I actually, this I missed this one. I, I knew they won their first round playoff game. They beat Barbers Hill 48-47. Um, so they play Forney. On Friday, Richland's 12-0, and 0, um, so that's a big game for them. Obviously, Texas uh, target, um, Ty Anthony Smith plays at Alvin Friday at 3 p.m. against Cuero. Duncanville, obviously, still in the playoffs. They're rolling. Uh, they beat one of the Rock Walls last week. They're playing this week again. So uh, the kids in Arizona are all done. Uh, IMG season is done. Uh, so you're pretty much, uh, and I, I believe Modern Day is done now as well. Um, so maybe plays this Friday. Um, but uh, so you're pretty much down to the Texas high school guys right now in the playoffs. And then Aaron Hampton as well. Dangerfield plays West, Ru- West Rusk. <laughs> so. All right. We have a question here from Isaiah Stewart. And he says, who do you all think will step up in a surprising way on Friday? 
I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Ad Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell, uh, and I guess I sh- it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, but last year Tech was able to really focus on Xavier Worthy. This year they can't, and so how are they going to defend both guys? Um, and that's really Tech was able to. I mean, I think Worthy got injured in the second half, right, of that game. Yeah. And that's really what led to that comeback and Tech able to stop Texas at some point. Uh, Tech is a better defense this year. Uh, they've grown up in another year, and, and Joey McGuire has those guys playing well. Um, they actually are giving up right at 24 points a game, just 24 points a game, which is not bad uh, for Tech based on what we know of them historically from a defensive perspective. Uh, but I think that that – the ability for Texas to spread the ball around a little bit more. I, I, I look just like Jerry said, he thought JT Sanders might be the guy or Jordan Whittington might be the guy last week. I think Adonai Mitchell is, becomes that guy because you, you have to guard Xavier worthy or else it's six points. I mean, that's, he's got, he's just got that kind of speed and that's going to give that other guy a lot of one-on-one match matchups. It just is. Um, I will I will add this too, Jerry and Blake. Uh, Texas Tech is going to blitz a lot more than what maybe Iowa State did. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to try to get the ball out of Quinn's hands faster. And so the ability to make one guy miss will take on increased importance in this Texas offense. Uh, by, by the way, I, I, I was wrong on the uh, state of Florida. DeAndre Robinson still in the playoffs. Uh, they play Tampa Bay Tech, so that'll be a tough one for them. St. Thomas Aquinas with Michael Kern. Obviously, St. Thomas Aquinas expected to play two or three more weeks. Well, I'm glad you actually brought up uh, him because Roger G says, Jerry, I saw that he was one of the biggest risers in the on three rankings. Did any other Texas commits go up? I thought Melvin Hills wouldn't go up. Uh, yeah, DeAndre was the big uh, mover there as expected. I mean, senior tape, we, we kind of been saying this, senior tape and the D-line guys tend to move up a little later. Offensive line guys tend to move up a little later. That's where you're your senior risers come from. Uh, Jordan Washington moved up. We mentioned that this morning. Those are the two big ones for me uh, in the rankings that made major moves. And then this next question is the super chat from any given Saturday. He says, Raymond Cottrell, all smoke. What is your take on him? Of course, talking about the A&M wide receiver. Yeah, he put out a list of 22 schools that had contacted him. (laughs) And Texas was one of them. I look, uh, he's a bigger receiver. He's from Milton, Florida originally. I don't know that Texas went real, they even talked to him during his high school years. Uh, so the answer is, I don't know uh, on that. We'll have to wait and see. Texas is going to have to look in the portal for a, what I would call an adult receiver. They need someone that's caught 40 or 50 balls uh, this year to add to the young guys they have. All right, Jose Rodriguez is Jerry and Bobby. Joel Klatt said on a show that we are one of three teams in the country that could beat Georgia. Do you guys believe that? It, it would have to be. I mean, I, I know Jerry's going to say there's very little chance, and I agree with Jerry. But I will say this: Texas can stop the run. Uh, they can stop the run, and they can throw the football. And Georgia. If they have a weakness in on their defense, it's teams that can throw the ball effectively, just like every SEC team, because SEC teams do not play 
a lot of that three high safety, just like Alabama didn't. Alabama is susceptible, more susceptible to the pass than they are the run. All SEC teams are typically. And that's one of the reasons why I think Steve Sarkeesian is such a good fit on offense in the Big 12, or excuse me, in the SEC to come in years to come. Look, I, I, my, I, one thing I'll say is I would love to have the opportunity to play the game. Um, I, I think uh, with a month to prepare, getting a healthier um, – I, look, I think uh, – I, I I don't think there's a great team in college football this year, so anybody can beat anybody. I, 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 that's where I come out on it. Um, I think if uh, Texas ha- would have an issue in that game, um, Georgia's back seven speed is – is really really good that would be the toughest matchups for uh the texas wide receivers that they've faced this year defensively well i'm glad you mentioned alabama bobby because that's what this next question has to do with not political just the realist says does it not bother y'all that our win in alabama gets downplayed so much it seems like madness that they want you to play hard non-conference and then overlook it yeah i agree I mean, why why wouldn't you just do oh God, I forgot to even mention this yesterday. Um, I agree with this. I want to answer this first, and then I have another comment for everybody out there. Uh, it does get played down by Bama and and other teams. Oh, well, Jalen Milrose is a different quarterback. He may be, but so Texas is different too. I mean, look, there's not, you know, these things don't happen in a bubble or, you know. I feel like Texas deserves to go over Alabama if both teams are one loss, period. And I don't care if Alabama beats Georgia or not. 100%. Alabama at Bryant-Denny, that's all they can be asked to do. The only By 10. Nobody's ever done it before. By 10. That's all you can be asked to do. And then Texas' only loss at this point is a rivalry game at a neutral site that is always – Everybody knows that that game goes any which way. So don't don't give me this. You know, I, I, I give up on it. I do want to say this. I I feel so sad for – if you're an Aggie, they put out something yesterday, Jerry. I don't know if you saw this. It was embarrassing. I mean, just they, – they put out a tweet, Blake, that said, we're 17-0 against the state of Texas since 2012 – you know, since Texas beat them, basically, right? And they left the Big 12 Conference. But we're 17-0. You know how many teams they played from the state of Texas <laughs> that are in the Power 5 group of schools? Zero. They're 17-0 against same Houston State, Prairie View, Abilene Christian. Give me a – are you kidding me? <laughs> what is that real? We own the state. We haven't played anybody that's worth a lick, but hey, they haven't, they haven't played Houston. They haven't played SMU. I mean, they, even the smaller big schools, they ain't played UTEP. But they're 17 and 0. I mean, my God, it's embarrassing. I mean, is that is that not embarrassing for y'all? If you were an Aggie and that they put that out, I mean, what? I can't be the only one. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing surprises me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say either. I mean, you beat Abilene Christian in football. 
I mean, look, I mean, and I gave I gave AM and I still give AM credit for going for it and hiring Jimbo Fisher. You go for it. Hey, uh, but giving a guy a national ch- that plaque the national championship is always going to be number one. That's always going to be number one for me. No, they're 17 and 0 against the against uh, against the state of Texas since 2012. Abilene Christian and Sam Houston and those guys are shaking in their boots. What an I mean, just idiotic. Unbelievable. I mean, who? I don't know what to tell you. Oh man. Right. Well, let's let's move on to greener pastures here. Uh EB23821 says, in y'all's opinion, is Anthony Hill better than DJ was as a freshman? No, no, not for me. I mean, DJ was look, he uh was first start was Texas Tech. I mean, he had 83 tackles, something like 13, 14 tackles for loss. Uh Four and a half sacks. He, that guy was – he's just played at such a different speed. He he was literally sideline the sideline player once he got comfortable in college football, and he could play forward and backwards at a young age. I think his di- the difference between the two is also this. I mean, look, Derek Johnson played like a cheetah. Yes. This, this guy plays more like a lion. I mean, he's more that thick, you know, broad-shouldered, downhill linebacker uh now he's got excellent athleticism and all that other stuff in anthony hill but Derek johnson was is a cheetah almost at linebacker anthony hill is more like that that lion that's still growing up i i think they're both tremendous players by the way i mean Derek johnson absolutely proved that i think anthony hill's got just a world of talent ahead of him uh, we're going to stay on linebackers for just a second and talk about a possible future linebacker for texas uh, Jerry, you have a couple of questions regarding Ty Anthony Smith. He said, did I correctly hear Jerry describe that Smith is an essentially a more athletic Jalen Ford on talking ball last night? And then before you answer that, I want to add this one in. Can you give a comparison? Jason W. wants to know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Demo was a safety coming out of high school. Um, Ty Anthony, to me, is a pure linebacker. Um, he's a pure linebacker that has to play a multitude uh, of uh, roles for Jasper to help them win games, whether that's Wildcat taking handoff, whether that's, you know, quarterback handing the ball off, whether that is splitting out wide on the very occasional. Uh, but he is a natural linebacker that just does everything for his team. He has a really high football IQ after being around him, going to a Jasper and talking to their staff about him. Uh, so I think, you know, he's a December graduate. So whether that's at AM or Texas, I think he's a guy that's going to come in six, one and a half, about 210 pounds. I think he was about 215, 217, but he's lost weight throughout the season playing as many snaps as he does. He's going to be that guy that is uh, going to be six, one and a half, 230, 235 pounds. He's got a 79 inch wingspan. He is a long arm guy, but I think he's a natural linebacker. I think he's a natural inside linebacker. Um, he's got that t- type of football IQ, that understanding of the game. Um, that can also you could also move him out to the edge because of his length and let him rush the passer. So I think him and Demo are totally different. Um, I think Demo had to uh, become a linebacker. I think this kid was kind of born kind of like a Jalen Ford. You are a linebacker now. It's wor- what what are you going to do with it? And I think he's a little bit better, more athletic. He'd be a faster tester uh, than Jalen Ford was. All right, guys, we have some super chats we need to get to. Uh, this first one, though, Jerry's Jack Lanks, he 
if you'll send your question regular, I'll make sure to come back and add it to the Super Chat. So we'll circle back to that one. Lee Barden says, is there any team from the irate eight that y'all would want to continue playing in the future, whether that be Tech, TCU, Baylor, et cetera? Bobby's going to say no. No, no, absolutely not. The only one I would, I think that would be an interesting matchup for Texas long-term is Kansas State. Um, there's been some, they've actually been a good opponent and they play a brand of ball that Texas needs to be ready for. And so they would be a good preseason opponent for Texas, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I think that, does that make sense to you, Jerry? They would get you ready for SEC style of play more so than the other guys. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm not, I don't have anything, I, I'm not, I don't see why Texas would play Baylor. I mean, I, I, I want to say this, I, I did some research and I hope you all have time for this, but uh, I was looking through as we, Brett Yormark made me do this. I, I'll be honest. Um, this morning I was looking at TV ratings, right, for all of the Big 12 games that have been played this year. Um, and <laughs> here's something that's very interesting. The highest rated Big 12 game, Big 12 only teams where two Big 12 teams played against one another that wasn't Texas or Oklahoma involved. Okay. There's only been one. Actually, there's only been two that have been over 2 million people have watched. Okay. The highest one was Kansas State, Oklahoma State. You know why? They played it on Friday night. It yeah. was the only game on. That's the only that's that's the only one over three million. Texas, meanwhile, aver, I mean Texas versus Rice had over three million. Just to give you a, a sense, there's no reason to play those teams uh, from a uh, uh, a what I would call a a just a brand appeal type type reason. There's a reason that uh, you know they are they are stuck where they're at. And then we have a super chat from UT boy. And he says, get them, Bob. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. I, I, am right. I am what I am. And I'm not going <laughs> to stop. <laughs> We're going to go back to linebackers for a minute. A minute. Emmanuel Villafranco wants to know, who do y'all think starts at linebacker next season? Inside, back, inside backer is interesting. Depends if they get anybody out of the portal, first of all, uh, because they might look at that. Uh, if it's not, I think it, and, and it depends if Benda comes back. We don't know for sure that he's gone because he's got a COVID year. Uh, Maurice Blackwell uh, ostensibly should be back as well. Um, Jet Bush will be gone. Um, I where, would, does, where does LaFowle go physically? Yes, I think that's the one that kind of holds a little bit of the key to what the future looks like there because he's the most natural inside linebacker they have on the squad right now. I mean, he's the most natural one, they say. So uh, where they go from there, obviously, Anthony Hill, they're going to play alongside him. He's going to start as long as he continues to develop and learn, uh, you know, understand better and, and get in the film room, all that kind of stuff. He's there physically already almost. But uh, Darren Gillette, somebody brought up as a complete wild card because he's yeah. learning a position, a new position for the first time. So he may make a huge jump in the spring that you just aren't expecting. He's a total wild card headed into the spring because athletically, he's a top 10 type of kid on the in this program. Now, how's it going to transition to playing linebacker full-time? How quick does he learn? How 
physical will he be? And then there's Samaje Burrell, the, another one that redshirted. We'll see. Uh, I think the spring is going to be so big for those guys. So spring's going to be big at linebacker. It's going to be at big at D line. Yeah. Um, it's going to be big in the second at safety. Uh, I look. I the, Texas is going to have a lot of guys they have to replace next year. That's what happens when you have eight to ten guys drafted in the NFL. Thank, hopefully and thankfully, I think some of the recruiting they've done is help going to help fill some of those gaps better than what they have been filled, say, at TCU this year, right? Yeah. Um, and I also think Texas will do well in the portal, which will add another layer of that. And by the way, uh, to, for those that uh, love this talk, uh, for our, Justin and I are going to tape recruiting breakdown here in about an hour and a half. And we're going to go through the early enrollees. There's 12 guys currently. Christian Clark may make it 13. The early enrollees, who those guys are, kind of what it looks like for them. And then we'll talk about three, four other guys Texas is still recruiting that are early enrollees. Last year, Texas had 15 early enrollees. They have 12 right now. Christian Clark's trying to make it 13. I think things are looking good for Brandon Baker being one of those 12. Um, and then you have guys like Kobe Black, Xavier Phil Same, um, TJ Lindsay, all the guys they're still recruiting right now. And try, Ty Anthony Smith, they're trying to flip. They're all early enrollees. Well, this next question kind of goes along lines with uh, that. Roger G says, does Colin Simmons start next year? And what other 24s do y'all see playing a lot next year? You know, start that, that Colin is his physical development here this spring through the summer will be big for him. Um, I see him, I really see him long-term as a Robert Mathis body type. Like he's a guy that's going to be 6'2", 250 pounds. He's in the 220s right now. So a lot of it, I think technique-wise, I think physicality, I think he's a little bit ahead of the game for where kids are coming out of high school, especially at that position. So I think that how much strength he adds, you know, how much, how is he going to, he's going to get attacked in the SEC, Bobby, in the run game. So where that where is he at with that uh, after the spring and summer? I think it'll be big with him. Other 2024s, look, I, I keep throwing out the name. I think Jordan Johnson rebel because he's coming into the spring. There's a need at safety. He's been at IMG. He's been prepped like a college player. I think and physically, I think he's pretty far along. Um, I, I, I say watch out for Jordan Johnson rebel being a guy that uh, Sark and PK and those guys talk about in the spring a little bit. I think he's got a real opportunity coming in. I look, I I'm thinking a couple positions, Jerry. Wide receiver. So yeah. Ryan Wingo, you know, that group. Uh safety, to your point, not just um, not just Jordan Johnson Rebel, but maybe Aaron Hampton. Wardell Max and early enrollee. Then at corner, Santana yeah. Wilson, Wardell Mack, and maybe Kobe Black, you know. Um, defensive line, you don't want to play him this early, especially not in the uh, SEC a lot. But DeAndre Robinson, uh, Alex January, those guys are going to be tested, I think, early to see if they can give them snaps. And then I wouldn't be surprised if a running back like Christian Clark, you know, I just like that guy a lot, Jerry. I do too. I, I don't know what to say to people that I, I mean, think he is a great fit for this scheme. Not good, but great natural runner on inside zone right. and so the, add that to the, those are the group uh not saying others can't flash and, and i'll be wrong uh but th those are the the primaries 
All right, so we got time for a few more questions here. Uh, and this next one is from Ke Kelly Hyden. He says, Bobby, I think Texas may be a little better overall as a team next year, but not as explosive on offense. Your thoughts? I, I don't know about that. I don't know that they'll be better next year. Um, uh, I think they will be if, if Quinn does return. Um, uh, they won't. I don't know of anybody that's going to be as explosive that they could recruit and or uh, recruit in the in regular in high school or portal that would be more explosive than Xavier Worthy or has the downfield body control of Adonai Mitchell. So I agree with you. Maybe not as explosive. Um, it's going to be hard to replace Jalen Ford, Tavondre Sweat, and Byron Murphy. That When you talk about being a better team, taking those three off the middle of your defense, that's that's tough. So I, I don't know. I don't know, Kelly. I, I don't know that they'll be better next year. I think they'll be different, but maybe not necessarily better. Well, speaking of next year, Kevin Mars, Yellow Flag says, how, who do you guys think will be the next culture guy? It was Roshan, now Whittington. He says next year he could see it being Anthony Hill or Savion Red. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mentioned Ethan Burke earlier. I think Ethan Burke, I think Anthony Hill are two of those guys for real. Um, I, I, I'll throw a third one out that might surprise people. Um, I'll say Cedric Baxter. Kelvin Banks. Kelvin Banks. Those guys, you know, DJ Campbell. I mean, different Cole Hudson. Those guys are, those guys are blue collar. And that's, that's a little bit about what you're talking about. All right, Texas Child 33 says, if Texas makes the Big 12 championship, would the opponent matter in the eyes for the college football playoff committee? Is the win over OU better than Oklahoma State or Kansas State? I don't think it matters. Um, I, I think, look, I think the, this whole deal is, does Florida State lose one of their next two games without Jordan Travis? I, if they do uh, and Texas wins out, I think Texas is in the playoff. I, and I know people are saying, well, what – if Alabama beats Georgia, would Georgia still get in ahead of Texas? I just – I don't see it. I, I I think – I look, I think if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, um, te Texas beat Alabama by 10 in Tuscaloosa. I just – but now, and the interesting thing will be, Rod and I kind of were laughing about this yesterday and talking ball. The college football committee has a great out this year. Hey, hey anybody that's mad, it's our last, last year doing this. All this, all this isn't even a question next year. All you guys will be in. They don't have to take the heat after about two weeks this year. So well, they can make a tough. They can make a decision that's controversial this year if they want to, because they can say it's the last year we're doing this. Everything is is much better next year, Bobby. I look. They'll take heat if it's not Texas. Hey, uh, yesterday, Bobby Burton said, no matter what, if Kansas State wins. Texas is in this. Is this correct? Yes, it is. So no matter what, if Kansas State beats Iowa State, Texas holds one of the top two tiebreakers of the, the remaining group, no matter who they are. There so that, that that's uh, absolutely true. All right. And while we're talking about college football playoff rankings, which, of course, the new ones come out tonight. Jason W. says, do style points count for anything regarding the horns when it comes to the rankings? I mean, to a certain extent, maybe. Um, I, I think it's whether it's right or wrong, it's probably helped Oregon. Um, but I will say this I think uh, if there's anything 
that hurts Texas in their eyes is Jonathan Brooks being out for the year, just like it's going to hurt Florida State that Jordan Travis is out for the year. But again, I think now, I think there's a pretty clear path. If, if FSU loses a game here and Texas wins out, I think Texas is going to be in the Final Four. Because, I mean, look, either Michigan or Ohio State's going down. Either Washington or Oregon's going down. So if FSU loses... Either Georgia or Alabama are going yeah. down. Yeah, so I mean, I I just think uh, where we're at now is if FSU loses a game and Texas wins out, they're going to get in the Final Four. All right, guys. Well, Bobby, before we get out of here, let everybody know what they can uh, catch later today right here on On Texas Football. And then we have a super chat that just came in after you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Around noon, Jerry and uh, Justin's uh, recruiting breakdown, they're going to talk about the early enrollees that Jerry discussed. Rod, Jerry, and Aaron Hogan will be hosting a live stream tonight around 7 o'clock. The college football playoff uh, committee will be announcing their terms right about then, so I'm sure that'll be a topic of discussion. Jerry might have a little more comments on basketball. We didn't really get to that today uh, after the Longhorns lost to Connecticut last night. Um, You know, I I feel like uh, that, along with everything we have going on right now at InsideTexas.com, make sure you guys check us out over there. A lot of stuff going on right now uh, for the Longhorns. At Inside Texas, we have a special $1 for two months. Uh, Must select the monthly offer. That's $1 for two months. Uh, Use the promo code OTFIT23. Okay, let's get to that super chat real quick. And then it is from Austin. And thank you, Austin. He says, with us losing Sweat and potentially Murphy, how many defensive linemen can you guys see taking in the portal? And potentially Collins, losing Alfred Collins, too. And maybe, I mean, Trill Carter can graduate. I mean, it's not just one. I mean, Texas could be decimated on the defense. I think they're going to take at least one if they find one they like, possibly two if they find two they like. The hard thing in this thing, guys, is finding the defensive lineman you like in the portal. I mean, it just, they're not, they do not grow on trees in the portal. And when they do, everybody wants one. And and look, if the if a very highly ranked D tackle leaves a really good program, that may not be the guy you want, anyways. Yes, like Bear Alexander is a great example of that. Well, last Georgia, Georgia let that happen. They didn't. Yeah, Georgia let it happen, and Texas didn't even didn't even whisper. And that know? doesn't mean Bear won't be drafted. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're always the right fit. Yeah, and and that's that's tough because Texas. I mean. Like coming back, Sadir Mitchell, uh, Aaron Bryant, and I don't know. We thought Trill Carter would be coming back, but he can graduate. So, and and let's this is another thing to consider. There aren't many Byron Murphys or Tavondre Sweats going in the portal. So thinking you're going to get a one for one deal is not accurate. Texas beat out Ohio State last year for Trill Carter, and Trill Carter has been a good player, but certainly not a top line player. So, by, by, by the way, people saying Trill Carter walking as a senior, that doesn't mean he won't return, by the way. Correct. You can graduate and go to graduate school in Texas. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, I am going to, since you mentioned the basketball game, we forgot to talk about it. Quinn Bo says, Jerry, you're going to eat some crow after saying the basketball team should lose by 20. And good morning from the West Texas oil patch. Hey, but at halftime, half y'all thought I was spot on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did. Uh, hey, look, no, I think the one of the reasons I thought that was I thought if Caden Shetter played, Texas would try, try to play inside out and really play into the hands of UConn. The best thing that I think happened for Texas last night in that game, in a way, was Shetter not playing. They held him out. We'll, 
they say precautionary reasons. Obviously, his shoulder was bothering him late in that game. But it forced Texas to play fast. And and I, I Dylan Mitchell's a bet is a better player the faster you play, right? Tyrese Hunter is going to be a better player the faster you play. Um, but I like some of the action they introduced last night with Max Eastmus. I know he had an off night, had a couple off nights. People need some people are like, hey man, uh, uh, Max hasn't is he's he's not. I'm not sold on Max Eastmus. Look at what teams have to do to defend the Max defend Max Eastmus and how that opens up everybody else. It's more than your shooting percentage. It's how open is Brock Cunningham when Max Eastmus play, plays in the two man game coming off that curl where people have to help on Acemas and Brock Cunningham gets really good looks. So the things that Max does for this team offensively are going to show up more than in a shooting percentage. It's how people – he's the only guy on this team right now that people truly have to game plan for, and that matters. Uh, but I think it, last night was good for Texas on twofold. They played fast, and while it didn't look good early, I think giving up 46 points with Klingon and Cam Spencer in foul trouble – I think Rodney Terry got a message across defensively. They played more physical on the perimeter in the second half. They attacked outside shoulders better defensively. I thought last night can be really good for them. That big lineup, the start games, is going to be a struggle offensively uh, for the the five that are there now. Um, And that's one thing they're going to have to overcome. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's edition of Coffee and Football. We want to thank Mark Sanders of Allstate along with game time as well. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for the super chats. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate that. And for Bobby Burton and Terry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome.